Welcome everyone to the Microservices for Everyone Part 3 podcast, where we help you re-energize your business strategies. I will be your guest host today, and this is Part 3 of a multi-part series on all things related to microservices. My guest today is Jesse Menning, a software architect from a world-class technology company, Solace. His mission is to think about the future of event-driven microservices. A big part of that is participating in open source communities like Async API, Cloud Events, and OpenTelemetry that are standardizing event-driven communication. Let's again welcome our guest of this podcast, Jesse Menning. Jesse, how are things? Hey, Tom. Uh, it's great to be on the show. Uh, thanks for having me on. Jesse, can you give us a brief description of event-driven architecture in reference to microservices? Definitely. So microservices as an architectural pattern have brought us some really, really great benefits. Things like independent horizontal scaling, dev teams being able to work in parallel, an increased focus on APIs. But the default way to connect those microservices has been through long chains of synchronous one-to-one interactions. Uh, It's kind of like trying to plan a party with five friends in a phone chain uh, with each one calling just one other person. If Chad is in the middle, it's always Chad, and Chad loses reception, uh, the whole party's off. You know, you lose that communication between your entire group. Instead, microservices using events use event brokers to push real-time events to interested microservices, whether that's one or none or thousands. Because those events can sit on a broker in a queue for a while, your overall architecture is resilient to slowdowns or failures. It's like planning a party instead over a group text. If Chad loses his connection, he rejoins the conversation later, the party is still on, and everybody's happy. Nice. Um, Do you think companies and startups should build microservices architecture this way regardless of the application and and company size? You know, I, I think... Enterprises and Solace, for that matter, are getting more texture about that. You know, to be honest with you, in the past, we had an event-driven microservices hammer, and we were going to hit every single nail with it. You know, event-driven microservices was the answer to everything. But, you know, microservices require governance across teams, and it's a culture shift. And, you know, beyond that, there's even technical requirements, having a strong CI/CD pipeline. You really need those components to make it work. And I think you have to be honest about how mature your organization is, how much investment you want to make, how key the stakeholder interest is. It may be that having a monolith is the right answer, even though it's not the cool thing right now. There's no, there's no monolith podcast out there. Or maybe an integration platform as a service is the right answer for you. And you connect more traditional services or SaaS implementations I think you need to, to, like I said, be honest about your maturity level as a company. And and even beyond that, you know, I have my bias, Solace, who I work for is an event broker company, Uh, but event-driven microservices aren't always the answer. You know, Solace powers a lot of huge banks. And if you're sending a billion dollar wire transfer, I want that sucker to be synchronous. I want it to be strongly consistent. I want it within a single transaction. Um, so I think the key really is to have the right tools and infrastructure in the hands of the developer and then let them pick the right way to attack that particular use case. That's very clear. So if a company has what is referred to a monolithic application that's getting difficult to maintain, 
and they want to convert to a microservices architecture, they should plan to employ EDA from the start? Yeah, you know, EDA is a powerful architecture and I get pumped up about it and I'm in the right place because I work for a, for a, you know, a company that cares a lot about uh, EDA. And it can really push your business to real time. It can make life easier for your developers. It can make hybrid cloud architecture easier, all these fantastic things. But the truth is you probably don't want to be exclusively EDA for all the reasons we just talked about. I think the key is to get infrastructure, tooling, culture, get those all on the line that are able to handle your use cases. And that's typically a combination of both sync and async interactions. Got it. Jesse, from the point of view of everyone that works in information design, from you know the scrum masters, the developers, and users, can you describe the benefit employing an EDA and how Solace adds value to that? I would love to. So using a broker like Solace, uh, it gives you accelerated information. In other words, as soon as something changes in one microservice, you can inform hundreds of other microservices that some type of state has changed somewhere in your enterprise. Uh, rather than having microservices constantly pulling each other and essentially asking constantly, has something changed? Has something changed? Hey, how about now? Has something changed? Instead, you have this push model that is much more efficient. And because the broker plays the middleman, the mediation layer, producers and consumers are decoupled. You can dynamically add new microservices without needing to change those existing producers. So the, the the sort of the tight coupled nature of restful synchronous interaction goes away. And that decoupling also lets you physically locate microservices where they make the most sense, whether that's on cloud or on-premise or you know, a particular region of the world. A lot of our clients have very tight restrictions on where their data can live and, and be in transit in. So if you're in Europe and you have to keep it in a particular location, an event broker can help you meet those requirements. So, and beyond that, rather than worrying about endpoint URLs, a broker lets you defer that uh, that routing logic to the brokers themselves. And, and by federating those event uh, those brokers into what we call an event mesh, we can transparently route events to microservices no matter where they are. And finally, you know, as we move into things like IoT and situations where you have a lot of traffic at very specific times, or even sort of more fault, fault uh, microservices that have more faults typically, uh, having queues gives events a place to live temporarily. You know, a queue is sort of a local storage area on the broker itself where these events can live temporarily if a microservice goes down and you get a surge of traffic because it's New Year's Eve and everybody wants to find out where the cool party is. All those requests can sit in a queue your microservices catch up eventually, and then you continue moving on uh, as you were uh, previously. So it's a really powerful uh, sort of layer to add to your architecture that gives you a lot of good benefits and relieves your developers from thinking of some pretty low-level uh, concerns that they probably really don't want to think about day to day. We are back with Jesse Manning to discuss the ways enterprise-wide events can be illustrated to team members. Jesse, can you identify for us the ways that EDA, when done well with microservices, can be expressed to help 
the needs of the main team members? Definitely. I, you know, I think the first step is always going to be the business because uh, that's what the entire purpose is. You can have the coolest technology available, but if it's not somehow helping the business, it's probably going to fall flat. And I got to say, though, with the sales broker, usually when you start talking about real-time micro-targeted data that's available everywhere that you need it, it's, it's a winning argument. You, you can see people's eyes light up when they see the possibilities from that. So that's first, the first step. I think moving down to a scrum team, I think it comes down to governance. You can have events flowing through your enterprise, but if no one knows what they are, what they look like, who owns them, they aren't very useful. In fact, they can kind of seem dangerous and like, oh, I don't want to mess with that because who knows when it's going to change or maybe I shouldn't put it out there because people will misuse these events. So Sauce addresses that sort of event governance with something called event portal. You think about the API management uh, solutions on the synchronous side, uh, event management handles that when you're dealing with event-driven architecture. So when you're making a change, you can be confident, like these are the downstream effects of of that particular change. And it it makes the entire process more governed and and tight and, and sort of people are confident moving forward. And I think the next level down is developers. Developers, especially when I was a developer, I just wanted to solve business problems. I wanted to be part of this collective business that was making progress, becoming better every day. And that's really where the satisfaction is in in being a developer. And I think the solace broker takes away the need to think about some really low level concerns like routing we were talking about earlier, like how do I get this thing from on-prem to the cloud or from the cloud to on-prem? How, you know, if this microservices fails, how am I going to make sure that we don't lose information? A lot of the broker uh, implementation takes away those concerns. In other words, you've got this guaranteed message delivery where if you put the message on Solace, it's going to be there until your, your consuming application confirms that it's done and the information's been processed. So your role as a developer moves away from sort of the crappy routing thoughts to more, how can I make this cooler and better for the business long-term? And finally, I think it's clearly we're living in a a mobile world. And I think the same resilience in real-time information that makes EDA a really nice fit with microservices also make it a really nice fit with mobile devices. Uh, Obviously it's a huge deal talking about the pandemic uh, real-time experience, mobile experience is what people crave. You know, I can't, I can't remember the last time I stood in, Star- stood in Starbucks waiting for an order. It's always me in my car before I get out of my garage, ordering my Americano, and then walking in, picking it up, and getting getting out of there, both for the convenience and the safety of it. And so then you have these solutions and you look at the fantastic future. I know you're passionate about this sort of edge computing uh, solutions. And we're partnering with people like Mobile Edge X to move Solace Mesh out into the edge computing uh, world as well. Uh, It's really, really a a fun time to be involved with event-driven architecture because it really seems to be what the particular uh, situation calls for a lot of times these days. Wow, that um, that covers a broad spectrum of not only uh, team members but also industries and, and and market sectors.
Jesse, I'm very curious as to how to best approach an EDA and SOLACE implementation. Can you describe the basic process from early on? Let's assume a company has a healthy monolith and is converting it to microservices. Yeah, I got to say, I'm a big advocate of the API-first approach. Previously, that wasn't possible with uh, event-driven architecture because there wasn't an event-driven API spec, and there was no real specialized tooling to collaborate on EDA. You know, a lot of people tried to force EDA into kind of a, a more synchronous tooling situation, and people inevitably end up frustrated with that. There's some very distinctive uh, characteristics of EDA that doesn't work well with synchronous tooling. Uh, so this is where I get to talk about my other hat, working on the async API spec. Uh, now we have a spec that actually reflects concerns within a, a, a asynchronous communication. And working for Solace, we have event portal. This is sort of you know, the, the, the event-driven parallel to uh, API management. So now there's a structure for people to sit down in a room and really think about what events would be valuable to both their particular business or business or tech, technical domain and the enterprise as a whole and, and who should be producing and consuming those events and what are the boundaries of the microservices. And so Event Portal and Async API help with that initial planning. But then once that plan is architected, you need to communicate it out and having like a firm consistent standard spec that you can give to developers, uh, it really helps it get actually get implemented. And I think the tooling that has emerged around async API, the code generation, the document generation is really going to push event-driven architecture forward in the future. What cloud-related technology do you need? The great thing about Solace is that we are cloud agnostic, you know, as opposed to when you pick a sort of vendor specific broker like SQS or Amazon or Azure event hubs, you're kind of locked in. Uh, welcome to whatever, whatever cloud you got. And the key is some sort of flavor of Kubernetes, but we support a huge range of those. Uh, regardless of what cloud you're on, uh, we've got a management plane called Solace Cloud that will let you monitor and configure those brokers in a single place. So if you've got an event mesh that spans from Azure over to AWS, over to Google Cloud, and then you got some on-prem stuff hanging around for your really sensitive data, we've got a single solution that will let you have visibility into all four of those brokers, manage them, monitor them all in one place, um, which is typically a, a real struggle because obviously what you want is a sort of seamless event mesh. But if you are struggling to sort of see it all in one pane of glass, it's going to be a, tr it's going to be a struggle. I'm glad you, you touched on premise, uh, on-premise hosting uh, for EDA and Solace. How does that actually work? Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, definitely. So you bring a flavor of Kubernetes and basically we'll put a broker on it. So the event brokers can join an event mesh. You don't have to open up a, a hole in your in your firewall. We handle all the sort of the, the routing behind the scenes. So everything is secure and encrypted and all that good stuff. And then it becomes transparent whether you're communicating with a service that's on-prem and, you know, and then that service goes off and connects to your super duper secure database that no one in the world can know about, 
and that database can then feed information that's you know needed on the cloud and sort of it all happens transparently to both the end user and to the developer the routing logic lives within the event mesh uh, so it's fantastic and as you know it also handles these situations where maybe your organization is migrating to the cloud you're just you know you're you're halfway there you're getting some stuff up there the cool new stuff is in the cloud you still got some legacy legacy stuff left behind Nice thing is, is as you migrate application X up into the cloud, as long as it's part of the event mesh and listening to a queue, it's seamless. The, the queue disappears from your on-prem broker, migrates in the cloud, and starts the application in the cloud starts picking up information and processing it. So it's a great way for organizations that are in the midst of that migration that you want to do it stepwise, not sort of a big bang to move in a sort of stepwise fashion that that makes things a little bit more manageable. Okay, that's a great way to end um, end the show here uh, on premise. Uh, it's been another informative adventure going down uh, a great path of su success here. Uh, Jesse, thanks so much for your great contribution. Well, it's been a lot of fun and I will come back anytime. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and got value from it. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues. And if you're feeling generous, head over to Apple and leave us a rating and review. We would greatly appreciate that. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. Until then, have a good day.